Hi everyone, my name is Steve Tudor and welcome to the Premier League Review Show. It's a show that has a really good joke about Ronaldo and Piers Morgan sharing a screen together, but we're also aware that kids may be listening. On today's pod, we're going to be looking back on an incredibly frustrating league send-off for City, with results conspiring against them elsewhere and at the Etihad, whilst we'll also be picking out our standout stars and flops of the campaign so far. In short, there's a lot to get through. So let's get straight to it then, by introducing my fellow top flight cohort, Tom Young. You there, Tom? I'm here, I'm here. I'm not as well as usual, because City got beat, obviously. But um, but yeah, I'm here and I'm still uh, I'm still going. And like you say, it's the last one for a while, so we'll yeah. get stuck into it. I wonder if there's any kind of correlation between people feeling a bit poorly after their team's lost at the weekend. <laughs> yeah, probably. It probably. might be. Even if it's just the sniffles, it must be something. It's, uh, yeah, I'm fighting a bit of a sore throat today. And is that a coincidence that City lost? I don't think it is. Um, let's let's start there. Let's get it out of the way, mate. God, um, what a terrible... Actually, before we do, let's look at the weekend as a whole, which was kind of a terrible weekend as a whole. Yeah. Um, what did you make of it? I mean, City lost to a last-minute goal. United won to a last-minute goal. Liverpool won in routine fashion. Arsenal won. Um, it couldn't have gone any worse, really, could it? No, I think we, we we joked, was it not last week, the week before, about having that perfect Monday where everything in the draw went our way and yeah. everything was coming up the <laughs> house. And then all of a sudden it flipped on our head and we had an absolute nightmare weekend with just about everything that could go against us if you will um yeah went against us but there you go city i mean we'll we'll talk more about city in a minute but city in a minute but city were absolutely terrible um yeah united i mean i just like seeing united drop points not that i'm really concerned by them in terms of them being a rival for city i just like to see them not winning um and yeah like you say arsenal with a fairly routine win and um liverpool as well they um yeah, that's more what you expect from Liverpool. But again, I'm not overly concerned about Liverpool as a um, as far as like uh, immediate rivals are concerned. Yeah, I mean, Janana uh, Fjontoft, um said on Twitter, um, "Oh, United are only." Let me just check that he was right. Yeah, he was right. The United are six points behind City, and that's a testament to you know they're back. Well, <laughs> if they're going to judge like being back by being six points behind City, I want to take that. I mean, God. You look at the kind of league as a whole, um, and we'll kind of burrow down into this towards the end of the pod, but I mean, City are five points behind Arsenal. Um, it's not great, but I mean, we've clawed back bigger margins, haven't we, before now? Yeah, and uh, it's one of them by where I think what what's getting to me is I've in my head, I've almost, I'd almost kind of, and it's not in any disrespectful way to Arsenal yeah. because they are far exceeding where I thought they'd be and where I think everybody thought they'd be at this stage. But because I'd kind of at no point really been concerned about Arsenal winning the Premier League, I've kind of not been that bothered. But now I'm looking at it and I'm going, you know what? I keep thinking they're going to slip up eventually mm. and they're not doing and we're slipping up and we're dropping points in games that we really shouldn't be and Arsenal aren't doing that. Um, and now I'm looking at the table and I'm thinking, you know what? We like we need to step up our game after this World Cup. Yeah, and I'm looking exactly. at the fact we've got millions of players going to the World Cup more than any other team and all our players are going to be knackered by the time the uh, the Premier League resumes. And I'm just, 
I think I've gone from one end of the spectrum in thinking Arsenal have got no chance of winning the league to the other by thinking we're in real trouble here. Like Arsenal, I, I, I wouldn't. I'd say I'd still say City are favourites just from the fact that we've been there, we've done it, we know how to get ourselves out of these situations. But Arsenal are playing some good football at the moment, and they're not showing signs of. Of slowing down. Yeah, there's two things that worry me. The first is that very conceivably momentum can take you all away. I mean, I said on the, this pod before, you know, we've seen it with Leicester. I mean, you know, they are of a lesser quality to Arsenal, so it's a bigger upset. Um, but the actual point still stands that momentum can take a team right across the season. I mean, we kind of, kind of try and kind of... Um, be all cerebral about it and say, oh, yes, but, you know, at some point this season, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, it's a marathon, not a sprint, etc., etc. But no, we have seen it before, that momentum can take a team all the way. And the other thing that worries me is that anytime City are behind in a title race, very often I'll see City fans on Twitter very confidently saying, yeah, but we've got these players, they've done this before now, we've pulled this um, kind of margin back before now. And I, I completely agree with that, but it's that we have to. That's the key thing. We have to now. We can't afford to drop points anymore. That that margin for error is gone. And so that's what makes me so edgy. It's not the fact that I don't believe we're capable of doing it. We are more than capable of pulling back five points in Arsenal. But again, and I think it was you, you Tom, it might have been Howard who said, you know, you, you, you'll back us to beat Arsenal home and away. But it's a fact that we have to. You know, it's a fact that we yeah. can't, basically go down to the Emirates and lose, you know, 2-1, 3-1. That would be disastrous now. And so that's what worries me. And there's a bloody long time to dwell on that as well now with a World Cup. Um, Not very much so. Yes. But, I mean, I don't want to be the voice of of doom and gloom here. I believe City will win the league. And I do believe that Arsenal drop points. But, yeah, it's just that, that kind of juncture now where it's a case of, okay, we have to take them seriously now. And we have to basically see ourselves as... You know, certainly not the underdogs, but the team that, you know, we've all to do. I, w- I will quickly add that um, on the front that we've still got to play him twice, I, I still think the fact that that game against Arsenal got postponed mm. was a real shot in the foot for City more than Arsenal. Yeah, we, I think yeah. it was supposed to be, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, the weekend after we just got beat, or the midweek after we just got beat by Liverpool in, uh, in the Premier League. And yeah. City... I always back City on the back of a defeat to bounce back. Guardiola's sides, Guardiola since he's been at City, I've always been a big believer that when we get beat, we come back stronger. And that's why this Brentford defeat hurts as well, is that we've got so long to dwell on it. Um, And I think if we'd have bounced back there from that defeat to Liverpool, beat Arsenal, I think we could be looking at a completely different table right now. Because I think Arsenal are still, at the minute, the underdogs. um, But they still know they've got to play us home and away. Whereas I think if they'd, but on the flip, if they'd have beaten us on that day, then the the mentality changes as well and Arsenal become the favourites. So that game being postponed was really frustrating at the time and it's even more frustrating now. Yeah, good shout, man. Totally agree. Um, So look back at the loss of Brentford. From the opening minute, it was very clear that the bees were cutting through us um, or stinging us far too easily. (laughs) And we just didn't look at it at all. Um, Ultimately, we had 75% possession. But this barely changed our game, the kind of narrative. We we weren't exactly racking up chance after chance. So why didn't Pep bring anyone on? I mean, his only substitution was in the 86th minute, one player. We have Grealish, Mahrez and Palmer kicking their heels on the bench. What's, what's the reasoning behind that? 
I do not understand it. I do not understand Pep's mentality when it comes to substitutions. And I said it on Twitter at the weekend that we've got five subs available. We've got all this talent on the bench. And I've been a big uh, a big critic of, of Riyad Mahrez this season. And I don't think he's been fantastic when he's played. But I think that game on Saturday was made for a Riyad Mahrez to come on. Mm. We were fannying about passing it left to right. It looked very much like a City performance when we didn't have a striker and we didn't really know what to do. And we're just hoofing balls into the box in the hope that someone would be in there. Only we did have a striker and his name was Erling Haaland and he just didn't show up at the weekend. But we were just doing the same things over and over again and there was no one who really, apart from that, obviously Foden's goal, which was fantastic and, and full credit for that, but Amarez coming on with a bit of a direct mindset who would just go down that right flank, cut inside and get shots away, shoot on sight like he does. That's what we needed at the weekend. We were not testing the keeper. I think I, I remember he saved one off Rodri in the second half. Um but apart from that, I don't really remember the keeper being called into any action. He can do nothing about Foden's goal. And it was just very much a performance uh, that felt like we didn't know what to do. Um, and I don't think we deserved anything from the game. And if I'm being honest, I mean, maybe it'll come back and it'll prove to be a big point lost at the end of the season. I hope it's not. But I don't think losing the game in search of a winner was the end of the world because I don't think a point was enough. Yeah, I don't ultimately. I don't think losing on a at the end of the game because you've thrown everyone forward, you've been caught at the back. I I don't think, as far as City are concerned, a loss is that much worse than a draw. Like I say, at the end of the season, if we end up losing the lead by a point, it'll prove to be a bad decision. But at the minute, I was quite happy with the decision to to go for it in a sense. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I agree with that, and and um, there's absolutely no blame for me as regards to any defensive frailties that we witnessed with that late goal. I mean, the players, you know, tiredness has set in by then. It was, what was it, 90 kind of seventh minute. Um, yeah. You know, if, if a defender is easily bypassed in the 97th minute, I will forgive them for that because, yeah. you know, your brain scrambled, you're shattered. Anyone's played five aside, you know, that last five minutes, it's tough. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was just in the kind of, you know, 97 minutes preceding that what frustrated me so much. Yeah. And, and the thing what got me is if a team's underperforming, if they're kind of out of form and, and you know, if they're if it looking lacklustre in the first half, I get why Pep sometimes says, right, you're the players who have got, into, got us into this. You're the players who want to get us out of it. And, and he, you know, he's got that mentality. I get that. But when a team looks dysfunctional, when it's just not yeah. clicking, when they're doing the wrong things, when they're looking for answers and they can't find those solutions, you've got to bring substitutions on. I mean, oh, it was infuriating. Um, there's a lot of people on Twitter afterwards as well, also attributing the loss to City players kind of giving 95% because they were fearful of getting injured prior to the World Cup. Is that a fair... Comment, do you think? Um, I don't think... I didn't watch anyone at the weekend and it, it screamed like, yeah. you're not trying. You're, why are you Why are you playing? You are quite clearly making no effort to, to sort of to win this game. However, maybe subconsciously or, or consciously, players were worried about injury ahead of the World Cup. And can you really blame them if that's the case? I'm not entirely sure you could. But I, I don't think... There wasn't anyone who I watched and thought... You you were you're not trying here. It was more a lack of just performing. Oh, sorry, sorry, a case of just performing badly. Like Kevin De Bruyne, that's one of the worst performances I've seen from him yeah. in a long, long yeah. time. And he, in fairness, he was due a bad performance. The man's been near flawless for the entirety of the season, and 
But it does concern me that I, I think De Bruyne is sort of the the key element in in City's side that when when De Bruyne doesn't perform, we struggle and the rest of the team struggles to find a way to win. Whereas I think when the rest of the team are struggling, we've seen it numerous times where De Bruyne has single-handedly pulled us out of the, the proverbial shit because we because he's got that ability to do so. But when he's not there, when he's playing at like a five or six out of ten, for the most part, City tend to struggle and, and he was poor at the weekend. Well, actually, that's really interesting because we said last week, I, I think it was me who said that it was a Gerrard-like performance we saw from De Bruyne against Fulham. Yeah. Um, and I, was, I remember as I said it, that's not necessarily a good thing. You know, we, we, see, <laughs> yeah. we saw with Liverpool time and time and time again that, you know, you can't expect Steven Gerrard to basically put in a 10 out of 10 performance every game and get them out, out of a mire. Um, if you're reliant on a player putting in that kind of energy and that drive, then that's very different to a team, let's say, who looks to a player to be inspirational and sparkling and brilliant. Like Barcelona, you know, with, with Messi for years, they consistently won everything whilst looking to Messi to kind of, you know, produce magic. Whereas if you're looking to a player to to inspire from a kind of, you know, motivational sense, then you are in trouble. And perhaps we're starting to do that a bit too much with De Bruyne um, of late. Um, before we move on, we should praise Ivan Tony. Um, yeah. Just responded in the right fashion, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, I kind of, I think I may have said it at the at the weekend on the preview. The minute I saw he wasn't on the plane for the World Cup, I was like, bugger, we are playing these at the <laughs> yes. weekend. Yeah. And he is a man with a point to prove, and he's a very talented footballer. And, and he did exactly what you'd expect of a player with his ability to do, and that's to to come and, and show you've made a mistake, Gareth. And, and, and I think the, the majority of England fans would agree that Tony should have been in that squad. And he showed exactly why at the weekend. Um, I will give De Bruyne a bit of props for his effort in stopping us from conceding a third at the yes, end of the game, which I thought yeah. was, was fantastic to see, even in a game where he's not performed like we know he can. He's still got that hunger and fight in him, even though that, that was largely irrelevant in terms of the result. It was, I think it was like the 98th minute. It meant nothing, but he, he was the last defender against three attackers and somehow prevented Brentford from scoring, which was which was uh, admirable in itself. But no, Ivan Tony was fantastic at the weekend. And, and credit to Brentford as well. Um, I thought yeah. Brentford were were fantastic, particularly in that first sort of 20 minutes. Um, when they went 1-0 up, they they really had a number through the, through the first portion of the first half. And Second half, they did what a lot of teams do and they sat back and they absorbed a lot of pressure, wasted a bit of time here and there. But I don't think anyone could really who watched that game would would argue that that Brentford weren't full value for for a result. And yeah, whether that be a draw or three points, so credit to them. Thanks for listening to the first 15 minutes of the show. To listen to the full podcast and all our contents, including reviews, previews, analysis, quizzes and much more, go to 9320.com to sign up now or simply click the link in the description. So what are you waiting for? Go to 9320.com now for the best, most passionate, impartial coverage of Manchester City and beyond.